Entertainment capital of the world. It's the T.C. Martin Show. Been a great third down defense the last two weeks. The Steelers have got an interception. And a run back all the way home. It's Belaine with the touchdown on the pick six. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor. T.C. Martin. Mahomes drifting. Downfield. Intercepted. His first of the season, Jeff Heath. Doctor is now in. Hour number two here, recapping the Super Bowl. What a game it was yesterday, huh? 38-35. Chiefs win. But Philly, fantastic game by them. Philly fans actually outnumbered the Kansas City fans yesterday as well, too. TC Martin, Marco D'Angelo in the house. Steve Berline will join us this hour, as will Chuck Esposito over at Red Rock. All right. Marco, I know you're dying to give me some uh, ha- halftime show thoughts too, right? We'll get into that. I'm going to tell you one of these times, I'm going to pull my phone out in the break and I am going to record your antics and tweet it. You'll, 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 you'll get a lot, you know. That's good. Please That'll do. help your Twitter account. Please do. It'll make them go viral. It'll be great. <laughs> I love it, man. I just, I'm just feeling it. You know, hey, we all love what we do. Okay. We love what we do. Now, you know, you, you spend a lot of your time behind closed doors, the computer, you know, up late night handicapping. This is, this is, this is my work, man. It's, it's the, the passion flows. So there's, a, there, so there's some booty shaking happening. That's where it goes. Yeah. You, you got, don't do that when you're handicapping. You had to you wear off a Freddy's burger or what? <laughs> Dude. I, I, you know, I didn't have lunch today, really. I had, I had a lunch meeting at, at, at one o'clock, you know, earlier today with, uh, um, actually it was part of a gathering that we had with, uh, Barry Odom, the UNLV head coach, had a couple pieces of pizza and, you know, that was about it. So well, I, I set I you have, up for dinner. I, 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 yeah. Yeah. You set me up for dinner. Right. Marco came uh, with gifts today. Okay. He came with gifts and, uh, it looks like these are about two inch thick ribeyes. That it's so funny because so, when I stay home for like a Super Bowl or Final Four, you know, if I'm actually at home not working or whatever, I go Philly cheesesteak. All right. So did the Philly cheesesteak yesterday. Very good. So I was planning on going Philly cheesesteak part two tonight. Mm-hmm. Well, you you just took care of it for me. There you go. We're going, we're going ribeye on the grill tonight, my friend. It was a little college basketball. How's that? Sounds good. I, right. put a, I put a poll on Twitter. From the food aspect. Yeah. Philly cheesesteak versus Kansas City barbecue. Ooh. What do you think the percentages were? Who won? Again, I'm gonna say toss up just like the game. I don't know. No, nah, it was it was two to one uh for the Kansas City barbecue. Really? Yeah. Yeah, see people people do like the barbecue. Yeah. All right. All right. Speaking of which, uh yesterday, uh fantastic game. And the reasons being it was a fantastic game is because you had two elite quarterbacks both playing at such a high level. We had a high scoring game. Uh, it came down to the final possession. And, uh, again, say what you want about the, the call, the non call. It was actually a call, the, the penalty. Uh, but, uh, a, a great Super Bowl. All right. Let's, uh, let's tell you how it sounded. And this game, really, if you had the Philadelphia Eagles, you had to feel pretty good about yourself, especially leading by 10 at halftime, 24-14. Overbetters, pretty much 
Oh. We we knew the over was in probably what you know early second quarter, right? Yeah. Fe- feeling good about that. Uh, so Kansas City, you know, comes out of halftime trailing by ten. They, you know, everything kind of went the way we said it would go, Marco. At least the way I said about the coin flip. The Chiefs were going to call it. It was tails. They're going to defer. Philadelphia goes down, scores the opening possession. Kansas City answers back. There we go. The pinball machine is going off. So then when you knew that Kansas City was going to be able to have the football to start the third quarter, and like Trevor managed just said last hour, it's like he knew that that was a game changer right there. But remember, right before the end of the half, Mahomes goes down and limps off the field. And, I mean, the look he had on the sidelines, I texted you. I said, you're going to get your over two-and-a-half player prop for throwing a pass because – I didn't think he was going to be able to come out and start the third quarter. Modern lu- medicine. But luckily he had 40 minutes from that time it happened because with the half hour, you know, halftime show uh, that he had plenty of time, you know, kind of recover. But again, he, he, he fought through it. There is no question about that. All right. So the Chiefs trailed throughout 12 minutes to go in the game and Patrick Mahomes comes through and gives the Chiefs their first lead of the game. Quick throw. Tony's got it. Tony walks in. Touchdown, Kansas City. 27-21 at that point in time before that. And then Patrick Mahomes goes to uh, Kadarius Tony uh, with that. Just a great call uh, by Andy Reid. Knew he'd have something up where Tony goes in motion. All right. Darius Slay loses him because he thought he's going to cross the field, comes back wide open, flag football, walks in the end zone. And just like that, now the Chiefs have the lead at 28 27. It was a great play call. And, you know, I mean, Patrick Mahomes, it's a give, but TC, you could have completed that touchdown pass. Uh, yeah. And you, and you would have caught that too. <laughs> yeah. Even you could have caught that. Yeah. And waddled it, in. It, yeah. <laughs> waddled in, in between ribeyes in New York's. <laughs> All right, so then the Chiefs get a stop, and they get the ball back. A few minutes later, next drive, Patrick Mahomes again. Blitz coming, Mahomes, man wide open, touchdown Chiefs, it's Sky Moore! Sky Moore with a touchdown from Patrick Mahomes, and now we have a 35-27 lead in favor of the Kansas City Chiefs, but even though Philadelphia kind of slowed down a little bit, uh, the Chiefs had all the mojo in the world. We just kind of had a feeling that, okay, if Philly could put together, you know, a couple first downs here that they could go right down the field. They sure enough did a 75 yard drive. And who's at the controls? None other than Jalen Hurts. Hurts has some time going deep. Got a man to Vontae Smith. He's got it. He is out of bounds at the one. And push it in. First and goal. They try to shove Hurts over the end zone. Waiting for a signal. He's in. Touchdown, Eagles. And now they have to go for two for the tie, you would think. The 46-yard pass to Smith sets up Hurts with another rushing touchdown. A Super Bowl record, by the way, for quarterbacks. That's his third. Hurts. Looking for a block, and he gets there. He's in. We're tied at Super Bowl 57. Eagles fans going crazy. It's tied up 35-35. What were you thinking, Marco, at this point in the game right now? 
right then it was going to be who's going to have the ball last, in my opinion. Mm. But I said at that point, that was the coming out of Jalen Hurts. You know, everybody say, oh, he's a running quarterback. You know, no, that drive for him on that stage at that point of the game, like you said, Kansas City had all the momentum in the world. Philly pressure, he went down the field. I walked away from that game. I had a losing ticket on Philadelphia, but I got all the respect in the world for Jalen Hurts in the performance that he had. I don't know what took you so long, Marco. Come on, man. You've been hearing me talk about Jalen Hurts ever since he was in Alabama. Come on now. Alabama, that program, it's like, you know, men against boys, you know, because they get all of the best. Then Oklahoma. And then, but like I've said before, not to, to, to beat it, but this guy just has the intellect and nothing phases him. And we saw it on the biggest stage. Nothing phases this guy. Even when he fumbles the ball, so uncharacteristic of Jalen Hurts, what happens? He responds back on the next drive. I mean, I, I love this guy for everything he stands for, everything that he's he's endured and come back from Nick Saban, the, the Tua controversy, all this other nonsense, and then you know going to Oklahoma, starting all over, winning that uh, that campus and that locker room and that fan base over, and then to be drafted by the Eagles, where so many people were saying, "Oh, we don't know about this guy." One of the toughest fan bases out there, and what do he do? Bide his time. Had had a rough go of it in year number one, but look at him now, man. I'm just so happy for this kid, and I love oh. everything about him. Oh, I loved him coming out, you know, in college. The deal that he had in, you know, at Alabama it was, you know, a bad deal. You lose your job because of an injury and, and everything else. And this this guy never quit. I mean, whenever he got called upon again at Alabama, he delivered, you know. And then, you know, he. He did what he had to do. He went to Oklahoma so he could play, you know, got his stock, you know, even higher than it was. And to me, that was – he's a team guy. If you ask me, do I want to take Lamar Jackson or do I want to take Jalen Hurts? You know how I feel about No question. You, you know. 5.15 to go in the game. We're tied up, and the Chiefs put a five-minute drive together. They put four first downs together. One of them was penalty aided. And again, as we talked about in the last hour, you know, the third and eight from the 15 yard line, uh, was it a defensive holding call or not? The referee called, uh, one of the officials called it. It was. They milked the clock as uh, McKinnon uh, goes down on the two yard line to milk more clock. And this set up the game winner, the chip shot from Harrison Butker, who is never usually automatic, <laughs> but this is the game winner. Butker. And nailed it. The 27 yard <laughs> field goal. Like you said, it was anticlimactic. We, yeah. we felt as good as the game was and everybody calling it, it's one of the greatest Super Bowls ever. If they score the touchdown and we get, you know, a minute 45 of Jalen Hurts and a timeout, how exciting would the end of that game been? In, uh, remember we talked about different props on, uh, Friday and I told you my good buddy, you know, at Wager Talk did that prop sheet 14 straight years now one of the props the team that scores last is the is the winner yes in you know when you think about that you say well, well that makes sense because yeah no we've had so many games that the team might have had a lead and somebody didn't get that many meaningless touchdown you know late in the game 14 straight years think about that that is amazing. That is, and, and it came through once again. again. Yeah. It did. Absolutely. All right. Uh, after the game, uh, Travis Kelsey, uh, didn't have a huge game, but man, he was big, you know, 
uh, in that first drive when the Chiefs answered because the Eagles marched right down the field, 75 yards. And then what happened? The Chiefs go down 75 yards right after that. Kelsey was big on that. Kelsey ended up with 81 yards, had the one touchdown, beautiful older over the shoulder grab. Uh, there as well, him for that touchdown there in the, the first quarter for the Kansas City Chiefs. Here's Travis Kelsey after the game. I feel like this was, uh, this was the happiest year of my life, man. And, uh, both off the field, on the field, to see my family. Um, be, uh, be in its all its glories, get all the flowers. My mom be, uh, the center of attention on the jumbotron before the game on the biggest stage. Um, being able to get closer with my brother throughout the season. Um, and then meet him at the mountaintop. It's the best feeling in the world, man. And, uh, I'll tell you what. I don't know how many I got left, but uh, I'm sure going to cherish this one forever. Travis Kelsey, very emotional uh, after that game. And again, how many more does he have in him? I mean, playing at at an exceptionally high level. Uh, Andy Reid. We talked about Andy Reid. He went into our handicap as well, too. He was fantastic, but he gives all the credit to Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, he grew grew up in a locker room. He's seen the greats, and he strives to be – the greatest. I mean, without saying anything, that's the way he works. I mean, he wants to be the greatest player ever. That's, that's what he wants to do. And that's the way he goes about his business. And he does it humbly. You know, I mean, there's no bragging. Uh, he could stand up here and give you the, these stats that are incredible that he's had, but he never, he's never going to do that. That's just not him. And so, uh, we appreciate, we appreciate that. And then when it's time for the guys around to raise their game, he helps them with that. He's one of these great, the great quarterbacks make everybody around him better, including the head coach. So he's, he's done a heck of a job. No question. Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts, both phenomenal, both class acts. Here's Nick Sirianni talking about his quarterback and uh, what he did in yesterday's Super Bowl. Yeah. To me, to me, Jalen, uh, played, uh, the best game I've seen him play and, uh, in the two years we've been together, um, he was outstanding. Uh, I, th- I really thought, uh, I really thought he was in complete control. He did things with his leg. Nick Sirianni, Sirianni talking about uh, Jalen Hurts. All right, and again, just goes back to what you and I've been saying uh, about him, uh, Marco. Uh, fantastic. All right, talking about the quarterbacks. Let's talk to our quarterback, the one and only Steve Berline. What is going on, my friend? Hey, hey, what do you say there, big boy? Uh, woo! Just a recap in a very, very exciting game there yesterday, man. Give me, give me your thoughts as you were watching this game unfold. You know, I'm saying it, it's one of the greatest Super Bowls we've seen, Steve. Uh, where do you rank it? I think it was, uh, without a doubt, a, a great Super Bowl with the exception of how it ended. I, I think the ending was, was incredibly unfortunate. Um, and anticlimactic, you know, we, right? That's that's what I was saying. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, totally anticlimactic, and and really embarrassing, truly, from my perspective. The the fact that a, a referee can determine the outcome of a game or keep one team from having a chance to either tie or win the game with a minute and forty seconds left uh, by making what I think was an absolutely horrific call, um, and that especially given the situation, you know. 
in a, in, with a game on the line, third and eight, the Chiefs are in field goal range. Uh, they're going to take the lead. Uh, an incidental little uh, minor infraction potentially, debatably, uh, he throws a flag that gives Kansas City a chance to uh, run the clock out and, and win the game on the last second field goal. To me, is is indefensible. There, there's no way an official can can justify throwing a flag if it is not an obvious, no doubt about it, type of penalty in that situation. If there's any doubt, you can't throw the flag. Or if you do throw the flag, you huddle up and you talk about it and you say, hey, listen, it was really not flagrant. It's kind of incidental. Do we want to have the game end on this call? The referees can pick up the flag and say, hey, there was no holding on the play. And, and, and I, the fact that that did not happen uh, to me, I think, is an absolute crime. I, you know, I had no skin in the game. I thought Philadelphia was a better team. The stats showed that. You know, Philadelphia had over 400 yards, 417. Kansas City had 340. Um, Mahomes was spectacular when he needed to be, but he only threw for 180 yards. Um, and, you know, three beautiful touchdown passes and incredible toughness and grittiness with some of his runs. Um, uh, it was a spectacular football game, uh, and I think both teams deserve to win. Uh, but I think Philly was the better team. You take away the, the indefensible fumble by Jalen Hurts that led directly to seven points. Um, you know, no one even hit him on that play, and, and it goes to seven points for Kansas City. But we all know that mistakes are magnified in that game. Uh, the punt return by Kansas City that gave uh, them incredible field position, and then excuse me, the two complete uh, genius play designs by Andy Reid and his staff for those two wide-open touchdowns. They had uh, That was game plan. They had seen the Philadelphia Eagles, the way that they react to that short motion. Uh, the, the, they, they had seen something on film where they realized that in man-to-man coverage, the Philadelphia Eagles cover guys, when they see a, a, a person coming in motion, they're assuming he's going across the formation and they get out in front of that receiver and they got, they got nailed by that twice. Um, so you got to give Andy Reid and his staff credit for that. Those plays were incredibly well designed, as easy as you're ever going to see a touchdown pass. But, uh, you know, a great game, like I said, both quarterbacks I thought played spectacularly. Um, and it's just unfortunate that it ended the way that it did. You know, I'm glad you brought up Andy Reid because, you know, we had talked about this when we were trying to handicap this game, you know, for the last two weeks. And we figured, okay, Andy Reid, advantage. I mean, the play caller, the successful head coach. I mean, again, the quarterbacks that he's worked with going back when he first got in the league, you know, as a quarterback's coach, you know, with the Packers and working with Brett Favre and then going to Philadelphia and working with Donovan McNabb and Michael Vick and others. And we saw what he did with Alex Smith. And now we're seeing it with Patrick Mahomes. And Andy Reid is just phenomenal. Talk about, you know, the... The, the ingenious that he is. And like you nailed it, those two plays, I mean, for wide receiver to be wide open the way they were on those two plays in a Super Bowl where, you know, Darius Slay is, 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 is guarding, you know, one of them and just, uh, okay, well, fine. He's just going to motion. He's going across the field and then boom to be so wide open. Uh, and then Sky Moore in the next one, just talk a little bit about. Andy Reid, the play caller. Andy Reid, the tactician and the designer of these type of things. 
Well, he, he Andy Reid has uh, many times over proven his uh, supremacy as one of the best uh, game planners and play callers uh, ever. You know, you got to give Eric Bieniemy some credit too. I don't know how that dynamic works between the two of them, but I don't think there's any doubt that Andy Reid is the one that that creates those those opportunities and calls those plays at those times and. Um, he's done it year after year with uh, different people, different personnel. Um, he, he's a, he's a he's a genius. There's no doubt about it. You got to get you got to tip your hat to him and give him credit. But let me just tell you this: look at this perspective too. Philadelphia, their first four drives of the game went touchdown, 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 field goal. All right. If they don't have the fumble that Jalen Hurts has, that gives the Kansas City Chiefs uh, touchdown, you have to assume that that was going to be their third, that was their third drive of the game. You have to assume that they were probably going to go down and score because they did score on their next drive. And so my point there, that, that, that can almost be implied to be a 14-point swing or at least maybe a 10-point swing if they go down and kick a field goal. Uh, that, it's a totally different game without that play. Uh, so you got to give credit to Philadelphia as well. Kansas City did not stop them in the first half other than a gift fumble. And so uh, I think both teams offensively, when they had to get it done, got it done with the exception of that one fumble by Jalen Hurts. But um, again, yeah, the, the game planning, Andy Reid, he knew, he knew something by his scouting reports and by the looking at the film, he took advantage of a tendency in those Eagles and and I really put the blame on the uh, defensive coordinator for the Eagles in terms of after they got burned the first time in that situation, they should have talked about it on the sidelines. Hey, next time we're in man-to-man coverage in the red zone, do not assume that guy's going across the formation. And when Sky Moore did it the, later on, the next drive or whatever that was, uh, they they took advantage and capitalized again on the exact same mistake by Philadelphia defensively. And there's no way – to justify that. There's absolutely no way to justify that. And back-to-back drives there by the Chiefs uh, with those two touchdowns. Steve Berlines joins us. Marco D'Angelo in the house with us here uh, on this uh, magnificent Monday recapping of fantastic Super Bowl. Steve, how much credit, you know, the guys in the trenches don't get the love, but you had the best sack defense in the NFL, and they never got to Mahomes yesterday. How about the play of the offensive line? Well, I appreciate you bringing that up for two reasons. One, we seldom get a chance to talk about offensive lines. And, uh, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles, arguably the best offensive line in football coming into that game. But Kansas City Chiefs, to be able to control that pass rush. We talked last week, TC, you remember, uh, we talked about, uh, I didn't think that Kansas City was going to be able to stop Philadelphia, their four-man rush, because they're just so deep and so explosive and so effective. You got to give credit to Kansas City. And I'm going to, this is my big time shout out to Andy Heck, the, op, the offensive line coach for the Kansas City Chiefs. I thought they did an admirable, I mean, an amazing job getting that unit ready. And the reason I point out Andy Heck is because he was a first round left tackle out of the University of Notre Dame. Yep. <laughs> and uh, he was on my team. And guess what? Until before Lou Holtz got to Notre Dame, Andy Heck was my tight end, believe it or not. After Mark Bavaro left, Andy Heck became our tight end and actually had a few big catches for us uh, against USC in the final game of my career 
we came back and beat uh, USC to end, uh, you know, down 17 points in the fourth quarter. Andy was a tight end, but Lou Holtz came in the next year, and he said, son, I'm going to tell you something. You can be an average tight end, and you'll finish up your career at Notre Dame. You'll never play football again. Or I can move you to left tackle, and you'll be a first-round draft choice and have a 12-year NFL career. <laughs> Which would you choose? Which would you prefer, son? You make the choice. So Andy, Reed, Andy, Andy Heck says, you know what, coach? I think I'll move to left tackle. And it worked out great for him. He's had an incredible career as an offensive line coach and really, really deserves a lot of credit for what he did last night with that offensive line for the Chiefs. Great point, Steve. Great point. And in going back to that story with, with Lou Holtz, I mean, that's not easy for a player to, especially, you know, they've been playing uh, a certain position for a while, a long time. They think they're pretty darn good at it. You're playing at, again, you know, a prestigious, you know, uh, university like Notre Dame and doing well at it. And to kind of take a step back and to hear a, a, a new coach come in and tell you that, I mean, that not everybody would do that, would they? No, no. It takes you being, uh, having humility, you know, being a humble person and, and being able to step back and evaluate and not take it personal, um, and, and realize you've got a coach that really knows what he's doing in Lou Holtz. And, and we trusted him implicitly. I'm not surprised that Andy believed him and, took advantage of that recommendation. Lou Holtz did it with a a lot of guys that went on to have uh, really solid NFL careers just by moving from one one side of the ball to the other, from one position to another. Uh, I can give you a list of a lot of guys that he did that for, and they ended up benefiting greatly for it over the years. Steve Berline joins us talking about yesterday's uh, Super Bowl and uh, the Kansas City Chiefs victorious 38-35 over the Eagles. So, Steve, when you look at this uh, this game yesterday, all right. Now, obviously, people are gonna you know you know talk about the penalty at the end, which which you talked about um, the travesty there and that sort of thing. Um, would you be that adamant if this happened in the second or the third quarter, or are you saying that nah, you know, referees got to maybe take a different approach, especially in a Super Bowl at the final possession or two of the game? Well, I don't think you'd be as adamant about it if it happened earlier in the game, uh, even though seven points is seven points or, you know, however you want to look at it. It was actually only a field goal that it led to. But, you know, uh, there's no doubt that they wouldn't have, uh, Pacheco would not have taken a knee. Or whoever, who was it that took the knee at the end? Was that Pacheco? No, that was uh, McKinnon, right? McKinnon. Yeah. McKinnon, that's yeah. right. It was, yeah. it was McKinnon. Yeah, he, he wouldn't have taken a knee early in the game. They would have got a seven out of that. But, you know, with all that time on the clock and with the, uh, that much more football to go, it would be re- it would be you know evaluated. I think people would have passionate opinions one way or the other. Just like the Devontae Smith catch was that a catch or was it not a catch? I mean, you're going to have arguments both ways uh, on something like that. But when it happens at the end of the game, and it's it's a very very uh, in uh, you know. It, it, insignificant uh, uh, contact at the line of scrimmage on a ball that was thrown uncatchable um, over the top. I, 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 you just cannot make that call at that point in the ball game, uh, knowing the significance of it. And to me, that referee just, there's no way he could defend it. And he obviously did not evaluate it from the perspective of, uh, wait, wait a minute. I literally am 
determining the outcome of this football game, which never should be the case. How do you feel about what we're seeing with you know assisting the quarterback on these third and shorts and these fourth and shorts? And we saw Philadelphia do it a lot during the course of the year. It was really magnified yesterday. You know, we talked to Trevor Match earlier about how dangerous this thing is. Is this something that you're a proponent of, or do you think that the the competition committee really has to take a good hard look at this and uh, potentially abandoning or abolishing this? Well, the, the competition committee is always going to act in player safety, in the interest of player safety. So they, they will evaluate it. They'll have extensive conversations about it. They'll try to find ways to, to modify. If they, just, if they determine it needs to be modified because of a player safety issue, uh, whether it's to the quarterback or some of the linemen that are involved down in there, uh, they, they will come out of it with some sort of uh, strong opinion one way or the other um, and, and, and address it. I guarantee you this, if they don't, make a change every team in the nfl that has uh a quarterback who's good at those quarterback sneaks man by the way i would not put myself in that category right. uh, back in the day they weren't they weren't running quarterback sneaks for me in any situation um but but the point being is that when you're playing against a team that has a quarterback that is is that kind of an athlete they're going to find a way to blow that thing up. I mean, you saw Chris Jones try to go over the top one time. Yeah. Uh, the problem is when you get over the top, you don't have any leverage, uh-huh. and he got carried for about uh-huh. three yards. But they're going to find ways. If they're, if, if they're going to let the offenses do that, the defenses are going to try to find ways to torpedo that some way, somehow, and you're going to have people getting hurt. So, um, you know, it, it's, a, it's a good debate that will be taking place, I'm sure, this offseason and, um, you know, they'll handle it properly because they're always concerned about the safety first. Steve, we all like to compare player to player and, you know, the old goat to the new goat. Have we officially passed the torch from Brady to Mahomes? Well, I think you have to at this point for, for uh, obvious reasons. The success that Mahomes has had in his first five years as an NFL starter is unprecedented. You know, not only from a winning championships perspective, but also from a numbers perspective. Now, of course, you can't compare, you know, current day quarterbacks to the great quarterbacks from, from the past, uh, that didn't play in this era because the rules are so different and the numbers, uh, would never be what they are if the rules hadn't changed. But, uh, what he's doing and there, you know, the 17 game schedule now and all that different stuff goes into play. But the fact of the matter is his success and his dominance and his consistency as a quarterback and his ability, again, one more point, his ability to step up at clutch moments, it just cannot be disputed that it's one of the greatest, if not the greatest, starts to a career that we've ever seen for, for a young quarterback. All right, he is Steve Berline. Uh, did you? We know you enjoyed the game, but and you were going to be bouncing around from, I guess, venue to venue. Did you stay put? And, and what did you do during halftime? Did you eat or did you watch Rihanna? You know, I watched Rihanna. I'm not going to lie. All right, what do you think? I, I, and I think it was one of the greatest halftime shows ever. Wow! I, really do. I think I think it was fantastic. <laughs> it was fantastic, and, uh, and 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 made even better and more significant because of her condition, you know, being pregnant with the baby and being uh, willing to, to, to float around in the stadium like that and do what she did as a, as a proud mother to be. I thought it was absolutely spectacular and 
She looked beautiful. I thought that she, I, you know, I, again, I didn't know any of those songs you asked me last week. Yeah. Uh, but but every everyone that came up, I was like, I know that song. See, that's, that's what I was going to ask you. If you said, okay, yeah. well, I know that one, right? And, yeah. and and then Esther was saying, like, of course you know that song. Come on, man, get hip, <laughs> I, right? I, I did tell her we gave her some pub last week, and that that she would have been able to list a few to to make me look good. But yeah, um, I thought it was spectacular. And I'll tell you what, Chris Stapleton with the national anthem that oh. that. That was uh, words can't even describe how how emotional that was and the effect that it had on players and coaches. Obviously, um, it was it was spectacular. And, you know, I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to hit on that too. Is that when Babyface, you know, came out and did "America the Beautiful," followed up yeah. by Chris Stapleton's uh, rendition of the national anthem. I thought it was awesome. And you know what was so awesome about it? That we didn't, you know, have anyone even thinking about protesting. We didn't hear anybody. You look at the sidelines. Everyone is staying at attention. We're seeing some guys in tears, including Nick Seriani, right? I thought it was beautiful. And we finally now have gotten past all that other nonsense, whether, oh, we should stand or not even be out there for it and all this other stuff. And it was the first time, for me, guys, it was like, take me back 10 years ago and it was like this is what we have accustomed to see you know for a major sporting event and both renditions were outstanding i and i didn't mean to to neglect babyface too because i thought he was spectacular as well but uh great points and my thought process at that time at that moment during the national anthem especially you know especially was exactly what you're thinking it was just the fact that these players were respectful they were emotional they were they were 100% in tune with the significance not only of the moment for their careers but uh, i think they all clearly felt the emotion of, of what this game meant uh and, and and they were proud to be a part of it and they were proud to be americans and i think that is so cool to see that evolution because quite honestly it was disgusting in my opinion the issues that were created over the last 10 years, um, you know, because of uh, whatever, everybody has a right, obviously, to their cause and their beliefs and everything like that. But I don't, I just have a problem with people that, that, that absolutely, um, you know, act, in my opinion, um, you know, disrespectfully uh, to, to something what I think all of us should be respectful about. And if you don't, if you don't feel that way, at least respectfully uh, protest and, and, you know, I don't want, we don't want to open up that can of worms, but the bottom line is that yesterday you could tell that everybody was engaged and it meant a lot and it was beautiful to see. Well said, my friend. Oh man, I can't thank you enough, man. This entire season uh, for joining us uh, the way you have, man. Uh, now we we give you a break, man. Uh, that much didn't need a break, and that's uh, it's it's completely off season for you, which uh, means it's Vegas time for you. Okay, you better get at least yeah. a couple trips in here, you know, during the off season, brother. And uh, you know, come on out this way. But I can't thank you enough, man, for everything that you've uh, done in our friendship, man. And uh, uh, I know you come on a lot, and uh, our listeners love it. I appreciate it. But uh, you're just outstanding, brother, and I really appreciate it. Well, I appreciate you, you making that statement. Uh, you know, I have a lot of fun doing it. I wouldn't do it for uh, m- many, if any, other people. So uh, it, it, I really enjoy it. We have a great great time doing it, and I look forward to catching up with you in the off season as well. There you go, brother. Let's eat. There we go. That's what i got to say. All right. Let's we'll be eat. there. Tell, tell Esther we're eating and we're drinking. All right? There it is. <laughs> 
<laughs> we'll be there with or without. I will be there. There you sure. go. That's what I'm talking about. There you go, brother. All right, Steve. Yeah. Take care, brother. Enjoy, yeah. man. We'll be talking some college hoops here down the down down the down the uh, road here as we get ready for a little March Madness and stuff. So looking forward to all that yeah. too. Right around the corner. Look forward to it, man. We'll see it. Okay, brother. There is Steve Berline. Uh, just a great guy, of course. Great quarterback at Notre Dame. Cowboys got a got a Super Bowl title himself. Uh, as as a backup there with the Cowboys back in the day and uh, does a fantastic job on CBS. He uh, is a great pro uh, on the in the broadcast booth as he was for so many years. And then of course with his uh, Monday afternoon quarterback show that he does uh, on the CBS Sports Network and one of our regulars here on this show along with Trevor Maddich and uh, all of our great guys that are locked in with us each and every week giving you the best coverage that we could possibly can. All right, on the other side. We get to the sports book and another one of the best. Chuck Esposito joins us next. TC Martin. I'm ready to go in, coach. Just give me a chance. The doctor is now in. All right, recapping everything Super Bowl from yesterday. Uh, fantastic stuff with Trevor Maddich, Steve Berline, Marco D'Angelo in the house with me from wagertalk.com. Uh, festive day yesterday for everyone. And uh, from a betting standpoint, pretty good for the books. Pretty good for some of us players, you know. But overall, again, it was one of these where I don't think anybody had the wrong side. And, of course, we know that 50% of the people had the wrong side. But, I mean, hey, if you had the Philadelphia Eagles, you were feeling pretty darn good about yourself for for three-plus quarters and even felt you had a shot up until the two-minute warning probably. So, uh the Eagles outgained them, uh, but Patrick Mahomes showed his magic. Just a, a fantastic game. It will definitely go down as one of the best of all time. Join us now, Chuck Esposito over at Red Rock. And Chuck, how you doing, my friend? And what was that atmosphere like yesterday at Red Rock and all the station casino properties? I'm good, TC. It's uh, always great to be on with you, especially being able to uh, recap a, a big game like this. The atmosphere was crazy. It was almost like... I think the guests in the room were watching a video game. Um, it was very video game esque with all the scoring in the in the game. Um, one of the higher scoring Super Bowls. Uh, I think the Chiefs scored every possession they had in the second half, and I think just the emotions from both sides of the counter, our side and the guest side, kind of oohing and on. We were clearly under fans going into the game, and we knew that wasn't going to happen. But we sure, uh, you know, early on, but we sure needed the Chiefs and uh, the way they came back in the second half, really worked out favorably uh, for us for the most part. I can imagine the swing of emotions because you really probably had a, a 50-50 uh, crowd there as far as Eagles and Chiefs fans, right, Chuck? So I just can imagine the swing of emotions yesterday, especially in that first half when the Eagles were rolling up and down the field. They built the 10-point lead at halftime. But then here comes Patrick Mahomes and here comes the Chiefs in the end. I mean, just... You know, if if you're going to go to a Super Bowl party or you're going to hang out in a book or in a public place, I mean, yesterday was the day to do it, right? It really just seemed that way. Oh, absolutely, T. Uh, it just it was so fun. I mean, they the guests were lining up early in the day, just kind of the, the atmosphere over the last couple of days uh, leading up to the game with you know the Andy Reid Bowl and Jalen Hurts against Patrick Mahomes and what these two guys had accomplished during the year and as good as they've both been. Um, you know, Andy Reid having the extra time to prepare the early action that came in on the Eagles, who clearly saw a high percentage of the tickets on them. 
Um, it just shaped up to be a fun weekend. And again, we were we were clearly rooting for Kansas City and under um, props. I think for the most part, you know, we're a we're a small winner, but the guests did well on a lot of those props with with Hurt scoring and, and AJ Brown scoring and Kelsey scoring. And then of course you did have the two point conversion cash, and you did have the um, uh, defensive score cash. So uh, the betters did well on a lot of of the props. But uh, again, really fun atmosphere and. And these two teams played, you know, one of the best Super Bowls uh, that I can remember watching. Yeah, Chuck, whenever you have a a high-scoring game like that, it's never going to be good on the props for the books because this is the one event that is dominated by the average better. And we know that they like the yeses and they like the overs, and uh, all of those boxes were being checked. But the question I have for you is, when you have a game like this that's going back and forth, how is the action coming in in game, the live betting? Cause that's, that's what's changed, you know, the apps and everything else where people can continue to bet a game after it started. And that's why, um, we're waiting a few days that we hear what the official numbers were, but year after year, we keep breaking records and, you know, the, the apps and in game have to be fueling that. They do, Marco. I think when you have a game like this that's going back and forth, um, you know, you're going to get a lot more play on the end play. Usually, you know, um, I think when you've got a, a prohibitive favorite that falls behind in any sport, you really see that pick up, especially in the NBA, when from our side of the counter, we're always saying everybody makes a run and you've got a, you know, a big favorite that's down. Um, you really see an increase in action there. But overall, really strong handle, um, on the in play. And I think the, the app, with, with the props and in play probably are the two biggest growing areas that we've seen over the last five to 10 years. And kudos, uh, Chuck, for, uh, your app not crashing. <laughs> and, uh, as we can imagine, you know, on the busiest day of on a Super Bowl, I mean, that is something that I, I, I guess would be a sportsbook director's nightmare to have your app crash or have, have some technical problems with that, right? I mean, how do you go about protecting that 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 doesn't happen or I, I can't believe it's just a you know luck of the draw that something like that you know happens or doesn't happen but how, how do you go and prepare yourself for something like that if it does happen you know it, it's unfortunate if it happens for for anybody t and you know um you know i think that we we all as an industry um you know want to provide the utmost in guest service and make sure that we can really you know deliver beyond the best uh, to all of our guests in all facets of what goes on in the book. And, you know, we always hope that it's a, you know, it's a smooth day. And I know everybody feels the same way. And uh, although we're all competitors, it still is a, you know, a, a small fraternity and a tight-knit group and, you know, don't want that to, to happen anywhere. I mean, we, we want to be able to, again, across the board, and, and I think I can speak for, for our industry, I think we, we deliver, um, you know, a great experience in all of our racing sports books. Um, and hopefully that, you know, continues to be the case for, for many, many years to come. Chuck, we really didn't see the line move much in the, on the day of. What was it like as far as, uh, you know, these bets coming in in the, the final, you know, eight to 10 hours before kickoff here? Uh, did you have any, any decisions there or did you just keep everything at one and a half and pretty much 51 as far as the total? Yeah, I, I think, you know, by, by Sunday it was kind of, that was the case. Uh, did see some, uh, six figure bets. Um, come in. Um, you know, I, I think we, we did take the total up to We started to see some, some total action come in. And there was quite the disparity on, you know, getting the Chiefs in with over or under. Um, Eagles and over was going to be worst case scenario. And it did look like, you know, that was 
definitely could play out at halftime when the uh, um, Eagles had a 10-point lead going into it. So, um, but overall, again, really, you know, strong handle, great atmosphere. Uh, you saw a lot of green and a lot of red throughout all of our sports books. Um, the crowd was loud from early in the game throughout. Um, and I can't say it enough. I mean, it was to me one of the best, you know, games that you could watch. I mean, you want a Super Bowl to kind of be this way that, you know, scores are going back and forth and it was very video game esque and you could just hear it. I mean, where my office is located at Red Rock, right behind the counter, you could clearly hear the crowd erupt and the oohs and the ahs and the boos and the cheers. Um, it's always fun to be part of. Um, so, you know, I rewatched the game again today just to kind of, uh, relax and watch it and not be uh, so tense. Um, but really, I mean, both teams played great. I think, you know, if you watched it with, with no audio and just looked at the box score, you would have thought the Eagles won the game, you know, easily. Um, you know, but you had the defensive score and, and the big uh, punt return by Kadarius Tony, And, of course, the, the wizardry, as uh, Jason McCormick loves to say, <laughs> of Patrick Mahomes uh, clearly was the difference maker. But Jalen Hurts, I mean, you could make a case that it was MVP and MVP 1A because he played a phenomenal game yesterday. Eagles definitely have, you know, a star um, at quarterback for years to come. Chuck, take us through a, a day in the life of yourself there on the biggest game of the day, the biggest game of the year, uh, that you know you're going to have so many, uh, so much money rolling through there. I mean, did you spend the time watching the game in your office? Are you like rolling around, uh, out, out, outside and this and that? And again, like you said, it's, you really can't really enjoy the game, right? Because again, you got decisions that you got to make or whatever, but just kind of take us back, take our listeners through your process on Super Bowl Sunday when it comes time to kick off. It's probably why I rewatched it again today, T, just to kind of um, relax and watch it. Um, I think for me and anybody that knows me, there's a tremendous amount of uh, kind of uh, um, boyish, nervous uh, energy that goes on. And yep, some of it was in my office, some in the hub area, uh, some on the front line. But watching it with, you know, with Jason and, and Jason and Bert and our hub team here. And, and, you know, when you have a game of this magnitude, it's not just the, you know, rooting for either side and the over or under. I mean, that's a big part of it. But proposition bets have become a, a bigger and bigger part of Super Bowl Sunday. And, you know, kind of grading these as we go. And, you know, as Marco kind of mentioned, anytime you have a high-scoring game like a Super Bowl, um, usually the guests are going to do really, really well on the props. And having, you know, Hurts score the multiple touchdowns and, and having Kelsey score and A.J. Brown score and, you know, a lot of uh, successful fourth down conversions. There was, um, you know, the betters did really well on a lot of these, and we're kind of, you know, grading these as we go. And when it's 24-14 uh, in favor of Philly at halftime, you're looking at it saying, you know, we really need uh, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs to, to make a strong comeback in the second half, which, which they did. But uh, clearly a lot of kind of excitement, uh, nervous energy, I would say, throughout the day for not only myself, but I, I think I can speak for all of us um, throughout the course of kind of the, that four hours uh, that you're watching the game. Chuck, how long does it take after the game is done to grade all of the props? Because obviously there's a lot of props. You got to wait right till the, you know, the end and the grading and, you know, everybody wants to get their tickets cashed. Uh, how long is that process usually? You know, Marco, it's not as long as it used to be. 
Um, I think now we do such a good job of really monitoring the stuff as it goes. So you're really posting things as they go. And then I, I can't compliment our team of, of traders more than the organization and the way they kind of went through everything systematically to make sure everything was getting posted as quickly as we possibly could. I think within, you know, probably around 30 to 45 minutes from the conclusion of the game yesterday, um, everything on the board was posted, uh, you know, long lines with plenty of windows open for cashing. Of course, for the app, money was going right into the guest account. Um, so, again, kudos to the team here. I think they did a, a phenomenal job uh, of getting everything posted and getting, you know, guests uh, an opportunity to cash and getting funds back into their STN mobile accounts just as quickly as we could. All right. Chuck, what were some of the most wagered on props yesterday? Well, I think Kelsey uh, to win MVP, uh, Kelsey to score the first touchdown, both really, really popular, T. And then, of course, you know, you've got the – uh, will there be a defensive touchdown because of the plus price? Will there be a two-point conversion because of the plus price? Will the game go into overtime? Will there be a safety? Um, so I, I think all of those have always become really popular of late, and because of what the value you're getting get played heavily. Um, so, uh, you know, again, those were ones that the guests did cash out on. And I think, again, as Marco said, when you have a high-scoring game and you've got a lot of guys scoring and a lot of totals and yards going over, um, more times than not in a game of this magnitude, the guests are going to cash with those type props. We did well on, like, the special point spread props because the game ended up being so close to the vest. Usually if you get a Super Bowl and you've got one team that really kind of blows the other team out, guess that took that flyer on getting a huge plus price on your team winning by, say, you know, four and a half, seven and a half, ten and a half, fourteen and a half, uh, sometimes can be a substantial payout. And some of the same game props, you know, you had a, a price up yesterday, I think at 18 or 20 to 1, we opened up uh, A.J. Brown having a touchdown, uh, the Eagles winning, and Jalen Hurts rushing for over 89 and a half yards. Um, and that almost came, came through. Um, but, uh, you know, some of those would pay really handsomely as well. But, uh, but overall, just a great handle on the props. And as I mentioned earlier, guys, they become a bigger and bigger part uh, from the wagering side of it of Super Bowl Sunday. You got it. All right, Chuck, uh, appreciate the time. As always, my friend, you get to exhale a little bit and, uh, you know, kind of maybe, maybe chill for a couple days. I know that's probably not your style, but... Man, after <laughs> the madness, the madness is right around the corner, boys. You got so, that right. <laughs> um, we're uh, we're excited about that, and uh, we'll have our you know college basketball last man standing contest. But uh, uh, the madness is, is right around the corner. You got it. All right, Chuck. I appreciate the time as always. We we'll look forward to talking with you next week, and uh, congratulations on a great Super Bowl. All right, thanks, boys. Always enjoy it, and uh, look forward to chatting soon. Thanks again. You got it. There he is, Chuck Esposito over at Red Rock, and uh, one of the best uh, sportsbook directors uh, in the business, as we know, Marco. There are a lot of good ones in this town, but uh, Chuck is fantastic. Uh, wears his emotions on his sleeve, as you know, and I, I, I've been back there with him when games are going on, so I know that he is kind of this, you know, biting fingernails type of guy, you know? And a lot of people think, oh, sportsbook, hey, we're, we're, we're fine, you know? We got the VIG, we're this and that. No, there's a lot of decisions to be made, and like you said, you know, especially with the in-game, you know, uh, mobile wagering, uh, great. But uh, yeah, uh, there there was one entity that's out there that uh, their mobile app has had a problem, and they still are down today. Uh, just uh, very, very un- unfortunate. The millions of dollars, millions that you know, being bet on this game and to go out on it, it's that's a nightmare. 
Terrible. It's an absolute nightmare. All right. How'd, how'd you feel about the uh, halftime show now? <laughs> Let's close as hell on that, Marco. What did Marco think? We, I want to see, like, probably, like, 10 years from now when Beyonce's talking to the child that she was carrying during that show. Yeah, this you, is Rihanna. This was, or, yeah. Rihanna. Why did I always say Beyonce? <laughs> Rihanna. Tell no him. Rihanna song to exit at no, yeah. Chuck. Okay. To see the dancers with her. Yeah. That was you up there. That was with me. me. Yeah. That was me. Yeah. The in the in the balloon outfit or whatever, or you know, or you're just talking about Telly Toby. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I did kind of think of myself when uh, those guys were 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 kind of like uh, leaning back doing the pelvic thrust. I was thinking about myself during during those moments. I don't want that. <laughs> Rihanna, man. Oh, and people are talking about, oh, she was lip syncing. Was she not? This and that. Hey, before people start making those type of things, I'm an umbrella guy. If you're asking me, Numchuck, okay? I'm an oh. umbrella disturbia. So you can throw one of those to close the show if you'd like. Anyway. Um, but yeah, I thought the performance was good, but be very careful when you're throwing that out about, oh, she's lip syncing because, you know, that's, that's treacherous to throw that at an artist, especially on the biggest stage, you know, she's ever been on the most viewers. What was it 11 million viewers? From yesterday, eleven. No, one hundred and thirteen. Uh, one hundred thirteen million. Excuse me. Yeah, and then over it was one hundred and twelve for last year. Yeah, exactly. All right. Yeah. So those numbers come out, and then you know the numbers will come out uh, for the handle, which I expect another Nevada record here in the next coming couple of days. Don't you think? Absolutely. Yeah. But they lost a little bit with one of the books. Yeah. I did. <laughs> All right. I appreciate you coming down, man, and hanging out with us on this uh, Monday, my friend. And, Anytime. And thank you for the steaks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and thank you in advance for uh, the, the the meal coming up with me, you, and the other quarterback, Jam Master Jay Schrader. <laughs> he, just, he just loves his free food. <laughs> hey, Jay, I mean, Jay texted me immediately after that game. Immediately. He says, we're eating for free. <laughs> But, you know, it all balances itself out. We're like the guys from the the Eddie Murphy movie, uh, Trading Place. Yes. Right? Yeah, you know. Yeah. We, we like to see the other guy in pain for like a, you know, a dollar. That's but, it. Yeah. Oh, that boy's good. Yeah. <laughs> all right. For Marco D'Angelo, Trevor Maddich, Steve Berline, Chuck Esposito, thanks for joining us. If you miss any part of the show, go to the website, tcmartinshow.com, wherever you get your podcast. Check it out. A lot of great stuff on today's show as well, too. And then we keep on keeping on this week. A lot of college and NBA basketball. We're hitting that as well, too. Again, go to the website. Check it all out. Our interviews, vlogs, or recap of the Super Bowl is up there. Have yourself a good one. We'll reconvene tomorrow at 2.